welcome to another episode of This Month in Geopolity. I'm your host, Nicholas. If you don't know who I am, I play the nation, the Hellenic League, and Geopolity. Uh, but yeah, welcome to the show. And it's a special edition of the show because today is Founders Day, uh, which is amazing. This region has been going on strong now for quite a long time, uh, I believe. Uh, over seven years now it's been around and nation states itself isn't too old uh, geopolity has been around for a, a significant amount of time that the uh, website has been around uh, if i understand that correctly um so you're welcome max berry uh, for keeping the website relevant uh which i'm kidding about that sort of but uh, Nation States is a great host for the uh, kind of role play, the kind of region that we are, uh, where we try to keep everything as realistic as possible. As well as you all know, the uh, majority of our listeners are uh, probably members in the region. Uh, so for these past seven years, uh, which for me, I've actually been in and out of the region for the past five years, um, I just want to say uh, thank you for everyone who's... Uh, playing with us right now and a big thank you to everyone uh, who's been around for such a long time uh, Imperial Eagle uh, he was elected six years and 165 days ago uh, which is just amazing um, that he's been serving that long as our WA delegate keeping the region safe from um, Raiders, uh, especially during that Black Riders era, uh, just incredible. So once again, thank you to everyone, especially uh, thank you to Labby too. Uh, what a great founder. Uh, I know he's busy in real life a lot, but you know he's doing everything that he can to keep this region going. And my my goodness, he is just killing it. He's doing great. So thank you so much. Uh, but anyways, uh, this episode of the podcast, it's going to be a question show. I, a few uh, days ago, I was online and asked all of you, hey, give me some questions and a few of you contributed. So thank you to those people who did so. Uh, anyways, let's see here. The first question, it's going to be from the Union, where he has actually two questions. What do you think of the OAS, and what are your thoughts on the Union's new attempts to better the lives of all people through vigorous research? Uh, the first part of the, the first part of that, the what do I think of the OAS? Uh, I think that's as long as it's online, so that's beneficial to all of you. It's going to go well. Um, bit concerned about some aspects of its militarization. Uh, I believe recently today uh, Canada had posted something about everyone's going towards a 7.62 round, uh, which uh, all member states in the OAS are going to be using, uh, which, you know, awesome. Uh, it's good to standardize a military throughout the throughout the alliance. Uh, that's actually something that the ICC has been working on as well, military standardization. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I developed the Has-10. Uh, Scandi developed the, uh, the new tank that she produced, uh, which... Uh, awesome design. Beautiful designs. Uh, but yeah, the OAS... Uh, I think it can be beneficial to the Western Hemisphere. Hopefully it serves Canada and his citizens well. 
Uh, and it's also great to see CAF involved in Alliance as well, because the uh, Central American Federation, uh, hopefully President El Snake, uh, finds the OAS really beneficial. Um, my thoughts on the Union's new attempts to better the lives of all people through vigorous research. Uh, that's something I wish that the real-life United States would do. Um, the real-life United States obviously is... It obviously spends a lot of time uh, with research uh, in regards to military development. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of medical research that it does as well. Uh, but the Union's role play attempts of uh, creating a perfect Union um, through green energy technology and uh, presumably uh, through uniting the American people as as a single people instead of uh, what we sometimes see in real life of the United States being a union of different people uh, where it's red versus blue uh, st uh, things of that nature especially in the uh, um, uh, tumultuous times that we live in even uh, post uh, Trump presidency things in the United States feel pretty tense at times um, and I'm not exactly sure when that's going to go away. But, no, it, my, my thoughts on it, that it's great to see. Um, and I say just keep going for it, because uh, you have some just excellent roleplay. But yeah, let's uh, move on to the next questions here. Uh, thank you, Union, for submitting them. Now, before we move on to the next set of questions from Canada, I uh, went onto the regional message board and went to page one of the Geopolity RMP to which the to see what the first post was. And that first post was by the Divine Empire of Elmira, who actually is still active in nation states. Uh, he made a post nine days ago. Uh, obviously, he's no longer or that person is no longer in Geopolity. They play in the Abaddon Inn now. Uh, but the first post was, man, Ahud is butthurt. So, uh, Ahud, if you're still butthurt, sorry about that, buddy. But uh, Melom promptly responded after that, uh, saying, don't worry about it, and then proceeded to make the first ever roleplay post in Geopolity, which was extending open arms to the leader of Omira. So, the first ever post was diplomacy. That's amazing. So, the, the question from Canada is... Not really a question, just asking me to talk about the Arctic in the podcast. Um, which could go a couple different ways. Are we talking about the Arctic situation occurring between the United States... The USSR, Canada, and I think the FEUSSR is involved in that. Um, to, if it's about that, I, I say that let's uh, go to the to the talking table first, get the UAN involved in order to uh, figure out the water situation, because that's probably something that we could set up uh, some sort of treaty. Uh, to ensure that all parties involved get equal access 
to the Arctic Ocean, at least those who um, order it um, and have fully and have the capability of utilizing it fully. Uh, so probably equal economic opportunities should be involved with that. Um, additionally, uh, to expand on that, just to talk about the Arctic a little bit more, uh, Canada has been looking into going into a little bit more of the uh, uranium mining trade, thorium. Uh, I believe cobalt is another one that they've been looking at. Uh, just basically mining Greenland, uh, which, you know, Greenland, as we all know, is just absolutely resource rich. It's just insane how much that uh, that landmass has underneath its eyes and underneath all the permafrost and everything. Uh, it's just tremendously resource rich, as is the entire Arctic area. Uh, I guess ultimately I'd be concerned about what are the long-term effects of such mining operations and trying to utilize those resources. Is it Sure, it's beneficial for humanity, but is it beneficial for the polar bears? Is it beneficial for uh, natives who may be living in the area? And is it beneficial for the world to just be uprooting all that permafrost, all that soil? Uh, you know, it's a bit concerning, uh, the long-term effects of what that would be. And uh, I guess I would anticipate some sort of roleplay post to talk about those potential consequences instead of just throwing ourselves deep into projects and uh, it, it would just be nice to see that uh, Canadian shipbuilding and expanding of its military so I'm gonna approach that I guess not just from person point of view, but the Hellenic point of view, uh, you know, Canadian shipbuilding is ultimately, I mean, alongside its expansion of its military, I think is ultimately just concerning, uh, just to see that sort of militarization from, uh, historically a state that has not been so powerful military, militarily, that it could be viewed that that economy is overextending itself now to the point where is it inter is it going to be interrupting trade is it going to be interfering with the ability of uh, certain industries to find workers because ultimately building more ships and expanding your military like that means you need more personnel especially if we're talking about two carrier groups that's a lot of people that suddenly are in the military and are no longer in factories or retail storefronts, uh, things of that nature. And of course, you'd be rotating them out. But uh, the ability to afford two striker carrier groups uh, or carrier strike groups um, and the ability to pay those people, you know. But not only is it concerning economically, uh, now we're also looking at what is Canada's thinking of that? What is the government's thinking? Is it trying to assert itself as a global dominant power when it's not? Because even in real life, well, Canada does have the ability to exercise a certain amount of power internationally, 
It usually does so with the help of the United States or some sort of other ally, uh, especially with the UN or uh, generally NATO. And even then, it's alongside U.S. troops most of the time. So, like, like what, what is the goal of this? Is it to combat uh, the USSR, the ICSC, um, or is it to uh, try to exercise some sort of control that it sees that the, maybe the United States has lost? You know, it's something to look at at that point. And I think if I'm the United States, I'm also looking at the country above me saying, what are you doing? Because I'm a global superpower. And now you're interfering with us. So, uh, national security could be a concern at that point, even if you're in the same alliance. But uh, those are just my thoughts. So, uh, but anyways, uh, thank you, Canada, for submitting those questions. Uh, thank you so much. Let's move on. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Balkan Gang. Balkan Gang. It's not Crips. It's not Bloods. It's Balkan Gang. Alright, so these next set of questions are brought to you by King, or the FVU SSR. He asked me, what are my thoughts on Canada? Uh, I, I think Canada in the role play is actually an interesting nation for what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, like I answered in some of the previous questions, um, you know, it's 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 interesting to see uh, generally like a regional power, which is it's a strong regional power, uh, but try to extend itself out into the rest of the world, especially militarily. Economically, I think we'd be able to do so more strongly than relying on a military buildup because that money spent on aircraft carriers could go into other sections of the economy to push itself even farther economically because even real life Canada has a lot of, uh, at least from what I've seen, a lot of untapped economic potential still. Um, you know, it's it's not like it's going to become an economy like the United States, but it could certainly get larger. And slowly over time, I th and especially without the uh, COVID pandemic that relived Canada, you know, they'll still be able to expand like that. And I think Canada in our role play could be doing the same thing. So it'll be interesting to see how the next several role play years go out for them. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, my thoughts on the FEU SSR. Uh, peculiar nation. It's curious to see how a nation does post-Civil War. Um, and that such a big swing in a, from an imperial government to uh, to a Soviet-style government. Uh, even if it's what I believe... I can't remember what ideology that you're using. But even if it's just a slightly different ideology compared to the, like, to a Soviet-style republic. Uh, it, it's interesting to see that swing and... Uh, to see that country just go out into the world so strongly economically, not just relying on military power, but economic power. Uh, so, uh, to see how the United States responds to that, I'm curious about. What are my thoughts on chicken nuggets? Uh, 
very good, very delicious. Um, 10 out of 10, I highly recommend them. And my thoughts on the AU, the Asian Union. Um, we are, the, the Hellenic League itself, its allies are at least very close friends with a couple members in the AU, uh, such as Vashnal, uh, who's playing as Indochina, and Yulumia. Uh, especially Yulumia. Um, so those two countries, uh, the Hellenic League has no issues with. It's just uh, to see the AU possibly extend itself militarily as not just the Hellenic League, but as a member of the ICC, it's concerning, of course. And any potential uh, foreign movements and actors against the Hellenic League and its allies uh, will always be a concern to it. But for the most part, we've got along just fine, uh, coexisting with each other, and oftentimes, uh, and I want to do some more, but uh, just re to reach out economically. Uh, so it'll be it'd be great to see what the AU continues to do as the roleplay years go on. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you so much for the questions. So the last set of questions is brought to us by Clizzy, who asks uh, four, uh, nope, three different questions. Pardon me, three different questions. The first one is, do you believe Europe would be put at higher risk by the nuclear arms race that Canada wants to trigger? To which I say, yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. It poses a threat to Europe. It poses a threat to Asia, Africa, and North America. Um, Canada's nuclear program once uh, he starts role-playing it and it's going to become public knowledge uh, it's going to be viewed as potentially an international crisis probably because now we're talking about governments suddenly looking at uh, Canada saying what are you doing is this is this safe is it secure what are you sharing with potentially other nations that don't have access to nuclear technology because uh, that's a question that always needs to be asked. Um, I'd be curious as to what the United States has to say about it, because uh, now all of a sudden it has another nuclear neighbor on its own doorsteps, and it's a nuclear neighbor that is militarizing as well. So what are its intentions with the nuclear program? Because when a country develops nuclear weapons, it, while they will claim it's out of self-defense, inevitably it's also for offensive reasons as well, potentially. Um, but yeah, not only that, but it's just such a waste of money. Uh, nuclear arms races just... We saw it in real life with, during the Cold War. They're expensive, and they tend to be nationalistic in origin as well. So, they'll be curious to see what happens with that. Second question is... What will the future of the Mediterranean look like after the U.S.-Canada ICC treaty expires, which is in around two and a half roleplay years? Um, I think that it depends on what third parties do outside of the treaty. Um, I think the United States and Canada will continue to hopefully respect Mediterranean waters and uh, not just Hellenic wishes, but European wishes as well. 
there's not really too many reasons for the United States or Canada to involve itself in the Mediterranean, uh, nor is there really any other reason for other militaries to involve itself in the Mediterranean. Uh, I, I personally view uh, in our role play that the Mediterranean is relatively shared well. Um, I say that, but I also have a national policy that that I think I'm starting to make more clear on, that the Hellenic League not only views the Aegean Sea and the Black Sea as its own, but ultimately the Mediterranean, the entirety of the Mediterranean. Not that I'm claiming them as territorial waters for the Hellenic League, but that our interests lie within the entirety of the Mediterranean um, through trade, through ensuring that its trade routes are safe, uh, and that Hellenic national security is most protected. So the treaty uh, depends on third parties and my, my own national policy as well, as, and of course other members of the treaty as well. Uh, how do I see Soviet-Hellenic relations, and what do you think the future holds for both countries? Soviet-Hellenic relations are very, very close in the roleplay. Now, they're not as close as what exists between Donau, but between Donau and I, uh, Scandi and I, uh, just because of us sharing a Balkan belief, uh, similar uh, national, like similar cultural and national beliefs as well. Uh, we view them as our brothers and sisters, but Soviet and Hellenic relations are very positive. Uh, we invest in each other's nations. In fact, let me uh, check here. I don't know how to pronounce properly the name of this city, but I'm doing a project in the city of Tallinn. Um, we're, we're improving the waterfront. So Hellas is definitely investing into the USSR, and the USSR invest, is investing back. And the future of those relations uh, will continue to involve, I think, uh, opportunistic investing and ensuring each other's uh, national security and military. Because I am the USSR's door to the Mediterranean and uh, warm waters. So there's that. Quasi, thank you so much for those questions. Let's move on. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Northumbria. Northumbria, achieving independence before Scotland, maybe? That would be something. Northumbria, coming to you possibly soon. All right, that is it for this edition of the podcast of this month in geopolity the special founding days edition uh thank you to everyone who put forward questions and allowed me to answer them uh and thank you once again for listening uh as i said before this is a podcast not just for me but it's a podcast for all of us because ultimately this region is ours um you know, it's a great hobby. Uh, it's something that feeds a lot of interest for me. I like doing research. I like learning about new things. And the fact that uh, 
I also get, I, I like making podcasts, so the fact that I also get to do this for you, uh, is just, it's a lot of fun for me. So thank you for tuning in to this and listening. Um, I know that Labby has uh, some other stuff in store for us, and I believe by the time this podcast is up, the awards will have been posted. So congratulations to all the winners in all the categories. Um, thank you, and let's just have another great year of roleplay and enjoying each other and having fun. Um, Thank you so much, and have a great night.